Welcome back to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you all for tuning in. Our guest today is Eliza Solander of Solander Hall Commercial Real Estate Services, who is the facilitator and instructor of our Real Estate 101 for Nonprofits course, which turns 10 years old this year. Since its inception, the Real Estate 101 program has helped teach the real estate acquisition process to more than 250 nonprofit organizations throughout North Texas, and Eliza is here to reminisce about the last decade and share some of the wisdom that's guided one of our most successful programs here at Trek. As always, please subscribe to TrekCast on your preferred podcasting platform and follow the Real Estate Council on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date with everything we're doing in DFW and beyond. If you like what you hear on today's episode and have an idea for a guest or topic, you can email me at bsanantonio at recouncil.com or Kelsey Holmes at kholmes at recouncil.com. We'll link to both those email addresses in the show notes and on our blog at recouncil.com. We're always looking for new content ideas and want to hear what you'd like to learn more about, so reach out to us and let us know. Now, Here's Eliza Solander, the facilitator and instructor of our Real Estate 101 for Nonprofits program, right here on TrackCast. Eliza, thank you so much for your time today. I'd like to start by asking the fundamental networking question, because for everything that the Trek does, we are primarily a networking organization. So who are you and what do you do? Okay. Well, thanks, Bill. Uh, I'm Eliza Solander, and I own a commercial real estate company called Solander Hall that was started in 1991 with the expressed purpose of assisting nonprofits with their real estate needs. So we determined that this would be our purpose based on my experience serving on a variety of nonprofit boards. And some of the boards where I was board chair were like the Family Place, Mental Health uh, America, Greater Dallas, the Museum of Natural History, which is now the Perot Museum. So each time one of uh, the organizations where I was serving had a real estate issue, we had challenges with the people that were either trying to assist us in getting the deal done or with the owners of the property who we wanted to buy or lease or sell to. Um, They didn't understand how to work with the nonprofit. So we decided that the nonprofit community needed a commercial real estate company that understood its unique needs. And with that in mind, we help our clients buy and sell and lease and manage their real estate. So um, it's been great, but it's also very complicated because um, we specialize in the client category. We don't specialize in the real estate. So most real estate brokers or real estate professionals like to specialize in industrial or office or retail. And we can't do that because our nonprofits have a variety of needs and business lines. So our client projects could be office leasing or purchase. They could be warehouse. They could be retail apartments, land. And then the projects themselves 
could be for a variety of uses. They could be for schools or medical clinics or theaters, counseling offices, shelters, multifamily, general office, and so on. So every day has us working with an assortment of different types of projects and on with always with different people. And what it does is it gives us an opportunity to really understand North Texas. And now recently we've been working all over Texas. So it's a pretty very project base here. Got it. Okay. Um, we're here today to talk primarily about your work as the facilitator of uh, Trek's Real Estate 101 program. And before we go further, I'd like to congratulate you on the program reaching its 10-year anniversary this year. You've worked with and represented hundreds of nonprofits and small businesses in your real estate career, as you just described. But how does it feel to make such a big impact on the community in the sort of educational space, the educational component to all of this? Well, I mean, on the educational side, um, I'd just say it's, overall it's been a very rewarding and, I mean, I don't want to use this word lightly, very exciting career uh, as I drive around the community and actually see the projects that um, where we played a significant role. So like the SPCA building in I-30 is a project that we did, and the Dallas Children's Center, Dallas Children's Theater, rather, is a project that we did. But gosh, on the school side, um, we represent Texans Can Academy. They have schools in Fort Worth and Dallas that we did. We've done five Dallas Independent School District schools, two Dallas County Community College District uh, locations. But then lots of medical, we've done... Um, Prism Health's North, North Texas's uh, clinic and uh, clinics, uh, the Resource Center over on Cedar Springs and Inwood. So, and those are just our clients. They don't even count the client, all the people that have been in the Real Estate 101 class. So sure. when you you multiply that out, you're talking about you know huge impact. And that's and I don't look at it as just me. It's the Real Estate Council is, is my partner in this. Of course. How did the program originate? What did it set out to accomplish? And could you have imagined that it would have provided so much value to the nonprofit community here in Dallas? So um, I've known the Real Estate Council's leadership since the very beginning. And one of the things I did was I always made myself available if they wanted information about a particular real estate issue or about a nonprofit agency or even any nonprofit real community issues. So when Trek started the foundation, I think they realized that they needed some early successes. And one of the things that they did was um, they thought maybe having this course would be an early way of providing a service to the nonprofit community. So in the first few years, the Real Estate Council partnered with the Center for Nonprofit Management on doing these courses, and that provided a lot of credibility to the nonprofit community because TREC wasn't known at that time. Uh, and then after that, then we were able to move on and do the courses entirely with TREC. So now the courses have a life of their own and are very well known, and we've had over 200 different agencies take the class. And a lot of the agencies send people multiple years because they have different people in the organization that are taking on real estate responsibilities. So it's had quite a big impact. In the last decade, online learning has exploded. 
There are so many ways to learn new skills online with books and videos and other, you know, other kinds of coursework. How does this class differ from what you can go and learn online, what you can go and Google about the real estate process? So I think that's a really fun question because um, something happened this year that was, um, I, I think, really kind of explains my philosophy. So I handle the first class uh, of Real Estate 101 myself, and it's primarily a lecture class with a lot of present, a lot of um, interaction with the participants in the class. And I have a PowerPoint presentation that I do. However, this year, the computer wasn't working. Oh. So <laughs> I couldn't do the PowerPoint. No. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. So I did the entire class without PowerPoint. And it what it did was it was a lot of fun without the PowerPoint. And the evaluations from the class were very positive. In fact, a lot of the people said they prefer now to go to presentations without PowerPoint. They felt it was much more informal, much more interaction. So all of which kind of reinforces for me that during this really high tech time that we're in, maybe high touch is a good thing. Yeah. So sitting in the room with a lot of other nonprofit executives in, in the same room again, discussing your real estate issues, learning from an expert expert panelist, and then having an opportunity to get advice and having your questions asked in a live setting seems to be the best way of delivering the, the information and messages to the class. You kind of just sketched out to the um, sort of structure of of the course. Real Estate 101 consists of of five two-hour sessions spanning a variety of, of real estate topics. Can you touch a bit more on, on what um, what participants can expect for, you know, what they'll experience uh, as members of the course? Sure. So, so what we, when we were first deciding how we were going to do the class, we thought about maybe an all day class, a whole week, uh, where they would come and do projects and so on. And as we kind of thought more realistically, I think it was, Hmm, maybe we should do this over lunch because everybody usually has lunch. So, for these busy people, they can come and have lunch and learn during lunch. So the classes are designed to help each nonprofit executive see the big picture in a real estate transaction and become a what I say is a savvy consumer of real estate professional services. They are not expected to become experts at real estate right. because, I mean, there are people that get you know, college degrees in real estate. This yeah. is not the purpose of this class. So the first module covers planning, board dynamics, determining the advantages of owning versus leasing, and some of the technical bumps in any real estate transaction. Uh, today, I just completed the fourth class, and I asked the students, you know, looking back so far over the past three now four classes, what have you learned? And so many of them referred back to that very first class, some of the things I warned them about and yeah. to be aware of. <laughs> so the second class, though, gets more technical, and they all build on each other. So the second class covered title, leases, contracts, appraisals, environmental studies, and property condition assessment. The third class is on zoning, 
and on gifts of real estate because every nonprofit fantasizes that someone's going to give them a building. <laughs> and then the fourth is on architecture and construction for leasing or purchase. And then the last one is the one that I call pulling it all together. And in that class, it's focusing on where do you find the money? Because with nonprofits now, um, the financing is not just like it was in the old days where you expected foundations to give you all your money, or maybe you had a combination of bank debt and foundation grants. It's much more complicated today. And so what I refer to is the capital stack of all the different sources of funding. So the overall message that people will get from my classes, don't do this alone, that there are experts out there who can help you, but it's all about putting together the right team. Could you provide for us an example of a nonprofit that has completed the course and successfully closed a real estate deal? I mean, so almost everybody in the class is have in the middle, either a year to three years away from starting a project to um, already in the midst of one. But the, the one I was thinking about is um, perhaps the most active is America Can or Dallas Can Academies. And so Malcolm Wentworth, who uh, heads up their real estate and then also runs their Cars for Kids program, took the class in 2010. And Malcolm and America Can have done it all. They have done everything. They have purchased properties in North Texas and in Austin, Houston, San Antonio. They've been a tenant. They've sold properties. They've been a landlord. And they even had the miracle of miracles. They got a gift of real estate. So they have done it all. And in fact, uh, I don't know of any other nonprofit that's had that kind of vast experience. And I feel like the class certainly helped Malcolm and the staff. But what's interesting, too, is that they also buy and lease a variety of properties. So they buy office buildings, they buy warehouses, old grocery stores, churches, former car dealerships, obviously, because of Cars for Kids, and they buy land. So Malcolm has so much experience, he now serves as one of the panelists on, on our module on zoning and gifts of real estate because of his experience. So, but other nonprofits have taken the class and been equally successful in the real estate realm, like MetroCare Services. They've had a number of people take the class. Prism Health North Texas has had at least three people take the class, the Resource Center. Um, most of them have been are active in real estate, and they both buy and lease and sell. So they have done it all. In working with so many nonprofits over the years, from your perspective, are there any common characteristics to these organizations and what their real estate needs are coming into the course? Like, say I'm a nonprofit leader listening to this prior to next year's application process, and I'm unsure of whether I'll be eligible to apply or or if this would apply for me. Is there any any criteria you can offer that might help me make that decision on whether I should take the course? Well, um, the best candidates are organizations that know they're going to have to make a real estate decision, as I said, uh, in the first one to two to three years. If they have a lease expiring with that in that time period, it's urgent that they take the class as soon as possible. 
um, if they've outgrown a property that they own or lease, they should take the class. Many of our uh, participants are trying to determine if they want to lease or own or sell or develop or a combination of all of those, they should take the class. So overall, I think the class has been a lifesaver for many of them and understanding the entire process and having that um, over, that whole overview of what is invo what's involved. And it helps them determine a course of action to take. Today, I was listening to my my participants in the class talking about how they realize now how important it is to have a strategic plan done before they start the real estate process. Sure. And many of them hadn't even thought of doing that first. So that's sure. really changed for them the whole real estate process. Eliza, thank you so much again for chatting with me today. I'd like to ask just as we wrap up, how can our members get involved and lend their expertise to the program going forward? So we try to have only Trek members serve on our panels. Okay. And if they, but if you, you know, obviously we have a limited number of panels since we only have four, sure. uh, but we also have a need for pro bono services. And if you can be a resource for pro bono services for the real estate council, then we really want to know about that because many agencies need some initial expert advice when they're starting the real estate process that, and that early advice can save them from making some very costly mistakes. So I feel like um, we're not asking you to take an entire project on for free, but a few hours helping a nonprofit at the very front end would be extremely helpful. All right, great. We will um, we will figure out a way of, of connecting our members with you going forward. Eliza, thanks so much again. Well, you're most welcome. Um, I just have thoroughly enjoyed teaching this class and really appreciate Trek for giving me the opportunity to do this. It's probably been the most rewarding volunteer work I've ever done. I'd like to once again thank today's guest, Eliza Solander of Solander Hall Commercial Real Estate Services for chatting with us today. I hope that was super informative for all of you and inspires you nonprofit leaders out there to join us at next year's course. And for any of you Trek members listening, please reach out to us, pass along your real estate knowledge and help out in next year's course as well. Also subscribe to TrekCast wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on social media and email us your ideas for future guests and episodes. That's all the time we have for today. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.